0: This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. I'm so very excited to share with you my conversation with Donna DeLoree, singer, dancer, songwriter part of some of the most legendary performances and recordings in music history, and part of one of the highest-grossing documentaries in film history. That's Madonna's groundbreaking concert film Truth or Dare, that turns 30 this year, if you can believe it. Donna DeLore was no stranger to the music industry. Her grandfather played in the studio orchestra at Warner Brothers for films including Casablanca and Gone with the Wind. Her father, Al DeLore, was a member of Phil Spector's legendary Wrecking Crew and a producer to some of the biggest names in the industry. Donna DeLore has worked with Madonna as background vocalist and dancer on the Who's That Girl tour in 1987 up to the Confessions tour in 2006 as well as on albums such as Like a Prayer, Erotica, Ray of Light, Bedtime Stories, and Evita. She's also worked with Leonard Cohen and Belinda Carlisle, and is a solo artist in her own right. Donna DeLore has a major part in the documentary Truth or Dare, a film that impacted so many artists, highlighted and helped the LGBT community at a vulnerable time, caused much commotion and much criticism. There's really never been anything like this movie, or like Madonna. I'm thrilled to have Donna DeLore here to talk about her career and experiences, and to celebrate 30 years of Truth or Dare. First, let's take a listen to what it sounded like back in 1991.
1: People think that being a star is about being fabulous, being in the spotlight, having your picture taken all the time, and having everyone worship and adore you. Being rich, rich, rich having it all. And you know what? They're absolutely right. I'm so desperate. For what, honey? For some fun. He loves me. He loves me not.
0: Were there any messages? (laughs) (laughs) No. really cares about me. Don't go best, baby. Put your love to the test. You know you know you've got to make, it, make it cry, and baby, then you know your name? you love real. Hey, 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 hey. Hello? Dad? Yeah? Hi, it's me. I realize I haven't talked to you in a while, and I I have no idea if you guys are coming to the show, what night, blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever you
1: guys can get us tickets for. Dad, I can get you tickets any night you want to come.
0: Keep people together, keep people together forever and ever. Nobody talks about this on film? The insanity of doing this all on a documentary?
1: Why should I stop here?
0: But does anyone say it? Who's anyone? That's
1: Al Pacino. Hello. Hi. Nice to
0: well, Anyone that
1: comes into this
0: insane atmosphere, when they come into your dressing room, when they come wherever you are, they feel crazy.
1: I'm making this movie because I'm
0: not afraid of the truth. Got to your body truth or dare, Madonna? Yeah.
1: Um, I have to let my dogs in really quick or else they're going to completely. Okay. (laughs) I got a new puppy and he's like insane and, and they, you'll, you'll hear them for sure. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep my focus.
0: Donna DeLore, welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, it's so great to be here with you. It's a beautiful California day.
0: Oh, wonderful. And congratulations on truth or dare 30 years. Can you believe it? I can't.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, my God. So many things like that. It it was just such a beautiful, you know, it was an important time in my life that, of course, I reflect on a lot and a lot of fans do as well. So it's, it's really fun to talk about it.
0: I was just rewatching the movie, and there's so many music docs as of late, but nothing comes close to this. Just the real intimacy, the warts and all, and such a seminal time. In terms of feminism and and gay rights, did you guys understand the impact that you were having at the time? I don't
1: think so. I mean, we were so wrapped up in it, you know, and here I was like, I mean, I was a girl who grew up with a mom that, you know, my mom was born in 1929, and she basically had to like give up her career to have kids to stay home. My dad was a musician. Um, my grandmother was like a housewife. I didn't have a role model that was strong, that was like a career woman or a feminist or anything. And then, you know, I'm in the business, music business, and then just imagine like I'm very young and I meet Madonna. Mm-hmm. and I start working with her and she's just this powerful young woman and I just you know of course I wanted to be like her you know I, I saw what she just the strength that she had and the determination and how she could speak up for herself and I just loved being around that you know and I, I it's like the person I wanted to be even though I wasn't really raised that way I didn't I was more shy I wasn't Um, on stage, I felt like I had a real, I was a lot more, I I could play characters and everything, but, but my personal life, I was a lot more shy and, you know, and just personally reserved in a way. So it was so fun. A lot of you guys know, when you have a friend like that, it's just so fun because they bring out that side of you. Right. So (laughs) that was like truth or dare time in that movie. I feel like Madonna, Nikki, they really brought out that side of me. And that went over into being a woman into sexuality into you know i grew up my brother was gay and you know i can't say grew up with gay culture so much because my brother was it was just a different time you know he didn't i mean i always knew he was gay but he didn't come out until later you know and it wasn't until when i was you know a teenager believe it or not in nashville tennessee i used to hang out in the in the gay clubs there because it was the only cool place to go hang out at night and dance but to be In like I said with Madonna touring at that time to be with the dancers and everything we were just we felt like we were just the center of everything. And we were I mean we'd come into town and all people were talking about was this tour. It wasn't like now you know when people come to town so many times like you don't know you don't know someone's like at the forum here, you know, but then it's like everyone knew it was the event going on.
0: It really was. And I'm going to get into a little bit more detail about that. But I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned your family, you were not new to Hollywood or to the entertainment industry. You have an incredible music history in your family with your grandfather and your father, Al Delory. Did you get to hang out like in the Wrecking Crew studio and things like that with your dad?
1: I was so little when my dad was doing those sessions and everything. And then when, as I was like growing up, three or four years old, my dad started producing Glenn Campbell and -hmm. having hits with him. So yeah, I mean, when I was really little, I have faint memories of being around, you know, at these really big shows. And then my dad started like scoring movies. And I remember going to movie premieres. And then he would be, uh, there was a Universal Amphitheater here. So he would be like conducting the orchestra and writing string arrangements. We'd be backstage for that. Uh, My dad did a lot of record work. You know, and and a lot of work, like I just, I wrote a song about being next to my dad at the piano called Piano Man that I just, I really grew up, what I really remember is my dad sitting at the piano writing music and always being with him, like he'd be playing an arrangement and writing an arrangement and his, his focus and his, his technical knowledge of music was incredible, you know? So of course, like between that and being in the studio and at the performances, I was just like. I knew from a very young age, this is for me.
0: You were saturated in this.
1: (laughs) And that's really was my first love. It's all kind of come full circle now. because I sit at my dad's piano that he did all that composing at, and I write and I do my arrangements and, and I have like my dad's, one of his Grammys on my wall. I, you know, I just, I really honor where I came from and I'm so grateful for it. And I, as well as I honor that time with Madonna and that, how much that meant to people and to really listen to people's stories to know how instrumental it was in empowering them in their own lives, in their personal lives to accept who they were, you know? And that's why I'm telling you be around Madonna, it was like, I just loved it. I just loved it. There was a woman who was calling the shots and if we're in rehearsal and there was somebody smoking, she could just be like, who's smoking? You have to leave, you know? (laughs) It's just like there was being around a woman who was the boss, I'm telling you guys I mean a lot of people like they're used to that now but it didn't used to be that way it wasn't it wasn't that way when I was a kid so much so
0: do you remember your first audition for her
1: I do I am I always tell the story that Pat Leonard I'd been working with him and I knew he was doing the tour and I used to always say to him get me in on that come on you know I'm perfect I also dance and everything and he'd say no she wants these other girls they're she'd already hired people. It was a done deal and costumes made everything, you know? And so one day I get that call saying, one of the girls isn't working out. We need to replace somebody last minute. I really want you to come in and meet her. I was like, right. He's like, I'll call you right back. So I was just glued to the phone waiting for it to ring. He did call back and he said, well, you, they decided to do a big audition. So you're going to be one of the people. And, you know, but he said, I think you've got a good chance, blah, blah, blah. So I, I got, dressed up, I called a makeup artist, I picked out my clothes, you know, keeping in mind that Madonna is so visual, and I had to look really good. And this was like my chance. And I knew it, I knew it was so important. And all these auditions I'd gone to for years being a dancer in Hollywood. And, you know, because as a young woman, I moved back from Nashville to LA. And I started, you know, trying to get into like acting, dancing, everything. So all of that i had all that experience and i brought that to the audition
0: so what did you wear so i i
1: kind of went for like a spanish look because i have like dark eyes i had dark hair and i always did my hair black so it was like really intense and i had like very light makeup big red lips very spanish and went to the audition i knew just by the way i looked first of all that that i stood out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but they took us up in groups of threes so I didn't right away initially get to just sing with Madonna. And that was like, of course, not advantageous for me because really like I knew my voice blended perfectly with hers and I needed that opportunity. So we started singing and, and I'll never forget it was Lice La Isla Bonita. And I mean, years of touring with Madonna, whoever I was singing those unison parts with, it was always challenging that, that those notes we were always to blend, it was always a challenge. So you can imagine at the audition with people I hadn't sung with, that that was challenging. And so at, at a certain point, it, it didn't seem like it was going great, but, but Pat stopped us and said, I have an idea, just Madonna and Donna sing the bridge. And thank God I knew the bridge. So we sang it, she wasn't facing me. And at one point she was like, why aren't you singing? Pat just jumped in there and said, Madonna, she was singing, you guys, I told you, you guys blend perfectly. So she made some comment like, oh, well, well, will you sing on all my records then? (laughs) And so funny. And I was like, just in shock anyway, having like just met her, just sang with her, you know, I loved her music in every way, you know, I knew her music, I knew her.
0: But can I ask you sort of, A layman's question when you say that your voices blend um perfectly what does that mean that you sound exactly alike or that you can I mean is there a way to explain that to someone who doesn't
1: yeah what it is is that we have like a resonance you know we both I actually have a higher range than her
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: I can go you know I always could go up she can sing that high but I my voice is more comfortable up there you know like let's say we'd pick keys for songs she would pick a lower key than me so obviously we have totally different different people different instruments but but there's some people that when you sing with them there's a similar resonance to your voice and it's just the overall tone and sound of the voice. So I knew from singing along with her records and and even when I was little like Stevie Nicks there were certain singers that I knew I had that kind of resonance that I could really you know like Stevie Nicks I could always mimic her or and even like Belinda Carlisle, who I sang with a lot, like in the late eighties, I sang on a lot of her records and toured with her. Same thing, even though we have such different characters in our voice. So anyway, we, we blended great. And then after that, I had to keep like auditioning, dancing. Then they were like, well, are you a good dancer? And every time they'd give me like a challenge, it I was there with it. I was a good dancer. You know, I was, I could be funny on stage. I could, I could hang with all the dancers because I'd grown up with dancers. I grew up in the clubs in LA. I was around that scene, like Shabadoo and his whole scene. I was around those kind of dancers because my dad worked with them on TV shows. Yeah. So all of that, you know, Madonna's older than me, but I think we were both really influenced also by obviously R and B and dance music when it, it came out, you know, like as we were growing up. So we were, we were both really, we were dancers at heart as well. So I also had that in common with her and pop music and it was exciting.
0: Do you have a favorite song that, or like a song that's really Madonna and Donna throughout all, all these years and all these albums that you've done with her? And
1: there's, there's one, the song Cherish, I always felt that the vocal sound that we got on that and I felt like I was really present in the mix of the backgrounds I, I could always, when I hear that record, I'm in a store or anything, I can really hear myself on that because it's, cherish Thursday. give me
0: faith, I will always cherish you.
1: I don't know. There's something about that that I can always really hear more than other records are blend together on that. Maybe it's because it's a kind of a softer part. It's not like, move to the music, you know, where we're where I'm belting out with the mm-hmm. girls, you know? And it's like, a, there's a sweetness there on Cherish that always, I always like remember being, I'm pretty sure she came out and sang with us a background part or like we'd, we'd lay down a lot of vocals and sometimes she'd come out and sing a part just to kind of be in there in the mix.
0: The hairs on my arms stand up every time you sing. It's like, it's, it's That's my so whole- funny. Oh,
1: I'm glad they, they're standing up even though I'm like kind of hoarse. No. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just such... I and mean, to sum everything up, it was such a beautiful time in my life. And getting back to your first question, just we didn't have any idea other than and, and I go back to like as a young woman, I was like in territory that I'd never been in before, you know, having that kind of power. And just when we would meet people and meeting men and everything that we could have that kind of I mean, it always blew me away. We could have that kind of power. I mean, there's nothing like. You know, once you start touring with Madonna, I mean, you're suddenly pretty popular, (laughs) you know, and it's like you can walk into a club and if you want to meet someone, no problem. That was fun. (laughs) You know, it was like being in high school and all of a sudden you're hanging out with a popular girl and everybody wants to talk to you.
0: Am I right in assuming that seems like you guys together, you were sort of sponges for everything. It seems like you picked up dance moves at clubs that you put into the tours and everything that you were so in the zeitgeist, all of you together.
1: Definitely. We definitely were, because we were just at that place in our lives. And as I toured, you know, years and years on, like 20 years later, I was in such a different place. I was like a solo artist. I was, I had a kid I wasn't in that place anymore. So I wasn't like going out to the clubs every night. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like down with the people in the town because I had to like go back and put my baby to bed in the hotel room. And I, and I think, you know, Madonna got to that place as well when she had a kid and she had a family and a husband. And so that's what was so special about that time touring with her is I felt like we were all, we were all a family where we're all, we were all kind of in the same place you know, and we could relate with one another. Yeah, we were all like single pretty much and out in the world and young and and this newfound strength that we were, we were all trying it on, you know? Even Madonna, I mean, we'd go to places, she, she probably had no idea how powerful she was gonna be in that place, how the popularity and how she'd affected people, you know, in 1990.
0: It's incredible those moments in life when everything aligns, all the people are in the same place, all the creativity in the same place. It, if that happens a few times in your life, it's pretty incredible. It seems like that happened to you.
1: It did. We were, we were working with, I just have to say, Vince Patterson, the director, choreographer. Oh my God, on that tour. He was incredible. He was such a visionary. Just, I really felt like I was doing Broadway and the work, the work was so incredible. So I was so proud of that
0: the amount of work just looking at it again i can't believe how physically difficult so many different venues on the tr- on the road all the time and jet lag and discipline i must have been in
1: um we were young we were strong we were in condition it's like we were athletes we've been training so much rehearsal for that we had so many people there taking care of us cooks massage therapists i mean that kind of a tour you, you have access to so much, right? So if you get sick, you're, next day you're in with a doctor. You have like pimples on your face. You go into the dermatologist and he gives you shots to make them go away. You know, like little injections in the pimples. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy. Like we were like, you know That's what I, mean? I've had, I've never I had time to have I had time to have my nails perfect and everything. I mean, what a trip. Um, we were, it, you know, adrenaline, I mean, you know, you have that kind of your your body at that age, I think it manages that so much better. And, and anyway, we were like dancing in the clubs all night to, 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 to come down from the performance. Cause that's my biggest thing for me now is the adrenaline, try to get mm-hmm. to sleep afterwards and have a good night's sleep. Later on, I think that became more challenging. I'm telling you at that time, I could sleep in any bed on any pillow with any, I mean, I was fine. <laughs> I've become high maintenance since, that, since then. Oh, but at that time, right, I have to have my own sheets, thread count, my own pillow, my own, I mean, everything, you know, I'm like chemical, I don't like harsh chemicals. I mean, I could care less than about chemicals. I was like, bring it on. And we had each other. We were always together. You know, we were always going out as a as a group. So much fun. And then there was the film crew for the film. And I became really good friends with them. So there were constantly like people coming into our orbit That was just so cool, like more great artists.
0: But I heard you say somewhere that like in some venues in like France, everyone was smoking and Mm. that made it difficult on your voices and all these different things that happened all the time. No, that, that was
1: intense. I mean, I remember like one time a monitor exploded, like in my, I had a bruised eardrum. I mean, we all went through times of like losing our voices. I and mean, if I really remember, I can remember, start remembering going to the voice doctor, you know, and what's so great is like Madonna was so understanding of all of that stuff. She was like on it. The minute anything was wrong with you, she was like, let's get this taken care of. She knew we all had to stay strong and she knew she had that role. She was a little older and she she did grow up in a big family and everything. So that that did come through. Just like when I think about all the tours I've done, that was the one where I feel like I was the strongest. I mean, later on tours, I brought, I actually brought my band out with me and on nights off, I would do my own shows and Madonna would like, at at like soundcheck, she'd be like, no, she'd say, oh, we're all getting together for Michael Moore is coming to show us his new movie. And I'd say, oh, I can't, I've got a show in New York city with my band. And she'd she'd just be like, wow, if you want to work that hard, that's up to you. (laughs) She's like, go for it, you know? But she understood she
0: yeah i mean that seems like something madonna would understand the wanting to work she
1: worked oh my god she worked so hard and, and later on when i was like launching my own single she gave me a song just a dream and then it was like a dance song and i had to go to the clubs and do exactly what she did i was i was saying to her oh it's so hard you know i was in scotland and they were throwing darts next to my face and you know they're like you're in pubs basically bars singing oh wow yeah and she was like what do you think i did for X amount of years, you know, I met her when she was already famous. I, I have no idea
0: of what she had to go through. I understand that you lost your mom quite early in life as did she. Um, yeah. Is that something that you guys relate to each other?
1: You know, I think sometimes I might've brought it up because I always, you know, I loved finding ways to relate to her because we were always working and everything and, and just getting real about things. And she was always there. Like, I could go to her, you know, like she had the amazing things for like, when you broke out, she had like all the great products. We we're both like product queens, you know? So I'd go to her room to get stuff like, like older sister kind of thing. Or give me, <laughs> I could like talk to her about things. And sometimes I would bring things up, but she honestly, like, I didn't hear her much talk like about her past. I didn't really either. I mean, she was, I think she was like five and I was 16. We were at different ages. But we we lost both our moms both to breast cancer, which was really interesting. I mean, there were a lot of motivations for us to be on good diets and be healthy. I think that in the back of our minds we both had that, that we knew as we got older, you know, we had to watch out for ourselves and be healthy and get something, certain something out of life that that our moms didn't get to get. I mean, we're so different. We're so different, our personalities and everything, but but there was that there that I sensed. Always. And that, you know, growing up really motherless and having to have that strength to be there for yourself is intense. Now, she went to New York City and I went to L.A. being really young. We were like the same age, like 17, 18, and trying to make it in the city. But New York is so much more hardcore. And I actually went to New York when I was that age, thinking I was going to live there. And my dad was working with somebody that like a Broadway person who was going to kind of take me under their wing. And I'm telling you i got in, I got on a bus and I got lost like in harlem i i I was so overwhelmed, I just didn't have that thick skin, I just wasn't that person. I felt like they could hang in the city. I didn't have that tough exterior, I just couldn't do it, so I went back to l a and it's it's interesting that but she was you know she she made it, yeah, so we we knew about each other's lives and and later on you know it just got so busy and we, everyone, you know, she had a family, I had my family and, but there was that really great understanding there. That's what I love about touring with someone who has a family as well. They, they even like over understand, you know, like sometimes she'd give me a note saying, I know how hard this is for you having a family and being out. And, and I sometimes I'd be like, it's not that hard. I mean, I love it. I love being here and I've got help and I've got it. I'd bring out like my niece to be my nanny and I made it work. But she's right. It is really challenging, you know.
0: I guess those are the points where she's vulnerable, I guess, with the family and her own life and things like that. I mean, like everyone else of us working women.
1: (laughs) I mean, we're all human. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter. It's not even about the money. It's just about you rising up to that expectation that you have for yourself, the kind of mom you want to be in the world your kid and you want your kid to be healthy and be around great people and eating good food and I mean you know being a mom all those details it's not just about you anymore it's about them and and when I think back to 1990 and truth or dare and everything my gosh all of us we were just so into ourselves and into just only thinking about ourselves and there's it was a beautiful time there's freedom in that um, and now I'm in a whole different place obviously having a bigger life and a family and everything. I've got like six chickens, two dogs, one pony, two two daughters, one's going to college, uh, husband, two houses. I mean, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, my, how life has changed.
0: Then talking about that, that's interesting. You were you've been so close to immense fame. I mean. Growing up, but of course, I guess Madonna, one of the most famous people in the world for for many many decades. What have you learned about fame? What has been, been most jarring for you?
1: Well, you you're still the same person. The fame doesn't obviously it's cliche. It doesn't bring you happiness. I mean, it brings you yeah. It's a, life's a lot easier with money, of course, and with and it's a lot easier being an artist with that kind of recognition. But you still, at the end of the day, go back after the show and you're in your room with yourself. You have to still deal with yourself and you you bring that yourself into relationships and however you evolve. And, you know, if you haven't matured, and I'm speaking of myself when I say all this, if you haven't matured in a certain way emotionally, a certain part is, is not developed in you. It's the fame is not going to make it develop. I mean, look at the Billie Eilish documentary and everything. It's like, You know you develop as a human and as a woman or man you develop from life experience and no matter what you still have to go through those steps um grow up and evolve and it doesn't it doesn't matter whether the fame is there or not for myself i've learned and i've you know i went out got my deal did this i had certain dreams that i wanted for me as a singer a lot of that was was wanting to be like her be like madonna and have that path I learned learned soon after, you know, trying that on that that wasn't really going to happen for me. And that wasn't me. I had to find my own path. Going back around to that, the fame doesn't bring you happiness. The happiness comes from doing what you love. And I'm fortunate that I can do it. And I do have a certain amount of recognition that I can get that flow for my music that comes back to me. And I've just learned to not base my happiness on that. And trying not to compare myself to anyone else. And unfortunately at that time, it created a lot of suffering for me to compare myself to Madonna, to compare myself to other people I worked with who did have those kind of careers. And I think it's been, it's been a big lesson for me. And, and it goes along with my spiritual path and my spiritual beliefs and everything, is just to be to find that in myself, to find that fulfillment. And, and really like my mom. I felt had an unfulfilled life and she had dreams that were never realized. And unfortunately, I watched her die young. I mean, she was 50 years old, you know, so that's been a big thing for me to be able to get into this time in my life and realize I'm here. I'm healthy. I don't have to have that kind of big success and everything that that I go back to. I came from music. I love music. I love musicians. I just love being around artists.
0: And objectively speaking, from our point of view, you've you've been part of and made possible some of the most legendary performances in music history. So, Uh,
1: yeah, right. And I was and I was more thinking of like that time when I went out and did my my first record and the expectations I had for myself Mm -hmm. because of still being with Madonna. And it's like it's like trying to follow the footsteps of your older sister. You know, you want you want to be like them, you want the things they have. And and that, you know, if I ever write a book that that will be a chapter in it, is really realizing, getting to know myself and what was important to me. And, and that was a huge lesson of being around that, that kind of fame and everything and realizing just, you know, from the last tour I did with Madonna, the parties and everything, how, how much fun it is. But I don't need that. My life is not about that. You know, it's fun to, to be in that. But after so many years of being in it, I don't have to have it. You know, I don't have to be at like the Fendi private party or this or that, where, where my life used to, of course, be more about that in my younger years. But I'm, yeah, sometimes I don't quite realize what, until I really read the comments from fans and, and even realize, like doing the project with Nikki Harris, what that means to people—that they see us singing together. We we put out a video singing "Happy Birthday" to Madonna, and it was like, what? I mean, within like such a short amount of time, there were so many people that that this touched, and and they reacted to this, and it's it, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and they they got to appreciate that, and of course they want us to like do something with her and tour again or do some kind of performance and that would be the icing on the cake for the fans um and it would be i mean you just never know what life's going to present
0: Going back to, to the movie, which is of was groundbreaking, and, but of course there's a, some parts of it that can be a bit jarring for an audience in 2021. So several of the dancers um, came out and you know said that they weren't portrayed as they they had wanted to be portrayed and 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 things like that. Um, do you think do, looking back at it, are there moments you think sort of it went over the line?
1: It's so hard because honestly, by that time we had had the cameras following us all the time. And, you know, and I used to even say to people, there's a camera there. You know, I was, I was conscious of it. I was just, you know, this is my personality. Once again, like I've kind of like, I I really like to watch and listen. And I'm more that person who's, who's just more quiet. And I would see a lot going on and the cameras catching it and everything. So I had a feeling, I just had a feeling when we watched the movie, a lot of stuff was going to be in there. And I was kind of, I was honestly bracing myself when we went to the screening. So I think it was just dawning on all of us when we went to the screening that things could be exposed about us. And then when they were, it was, there it was. And you're sitting in a room full of, you know, so many people watching this and it hits you. And for me, I felt bad for some people. Of course I did, because I knew them. <clears throat> I could feel their vibe. I could feel um, we called her mom, mama makeup, the makeup artist.
0: Right. I
1: knew I could feel her. I think she was like crying and
0: it was so a really hard situation. That's a very horrible moment in the movie where she's actually drugged and sexually assaulted and it just sort of passes by in the movie. It
1: is, it is a horrible thing. And of course, if it would have happened now, the focus would have totally been on that mm-hmm. because, and then it was just, yeah, I mean, it's so unfortunate. And Um, But that's what, that was norm. I mean, you went out as a woman at that time and you got drunk, it's like too bad for you. Well, what did you expect? You asked for it. So there was that you asked for it vibe that was there. And no, I'm not saying anyone was particular was saying it, it was society. And you feel that in that movie. And it was more the sign of the time that made me, it ultimately made me feel really bad. And, you know, I wanted, I of course wanted to protect her, but she was also this kind of person that went out and she was very flamboyant. She would go to a club and flash her past to everyone saying who she was. So she wanted the attention. So it was a really hard thing. So I think Madonna and people might've also misunderstood that because she always wanted everyone to know who she was and she kind of wanted to be famous. So it was really hard. It was hard. So that I feel like the premiere, the premiere, and that what happened to her in that movie, I always told her, you can turn this around. People know you more now, you know, I mean, you're in this movie and but get out there as people know you, you're a makeup artist. And I mean, that part of it, she wanted to be known, you know, of course, she didn't want to be known that way. Who does? But she was part of something great. And and she ultimately didn't make it uh, turn it into something for her advantage. She ultimately did. I mean, she did have a career as a makeup artist. She was known with her nickname and from that movie and everything. But at the time, it was hard. It was hard.
0: One of the things we always talk about, sort of about Madonna as a songwriter, as as an artist in general, is her eye for the zeitgeist, her evolutions that have happened throughout the years. If you could put your finger on that gift that she has, that talent, how would you describe it?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is she's a true art lover. She loves art. And I feel like if she hadn't been a singer, she would have been like a designer or some kind of artist. She loves fashion. She just loves, I mean, she's an art lover. She loves literature. She's, She's, you know, she's a seeker of knowledge. And she had really great taste in art and finding great artists. And she just always had her eye open and she, she was just always very aware, you know, I'm sure back to when she was on the streets in New York, Keith Haring, I mean, famous artists who she was friends with, who passed, you know, or the artists at the time that were <clears throat> kind of underground New York city. She was aware of, I mean, she's just always been about that. So even when she wasn't famous, she was about that. She was taking on, you know, styles and, and things that were going on um, from the streets. And that's been her gift. Plus, plus she's extremely talented. But she just had that. She was always, you know, there. She was down with the people, and so she grew up like as a club kid in New York City, you know, in those early years, and and she just understood pop culture.
0: Was she always hands on and sort of the fashion evolution on the tours that you were on?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she would come walk in and with anything, and I always appreciated that so much about her. Like I loved everything she was wearing. This, the, the, the clothes she would pick. I mean, she's got the best taste. So all of our tours, the clothing on its own is like, it's like a show. You know, every aspect is is so strong. So just the clothing and the designer she chose to work with. And I've, I've worked with other artists. I've worked in other shows. And I mean, hers, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Dolce & Gabbana, I mean, all the designers we worked with. I mean, that's the for me the takeaway of working with her it was just always the best of the best. And if you want to be, you know, you want to be exposed to great art and, and appreciate great art. It's like work with Madonna, be around Madonna. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. going to learn about art. You're going to learn about uh, fashion and that that's just her. And she brought that, she brought that love into the music and into the performances. And that's, I just always really appreciated it. I was into that as well. Like the the biggest thing, like we'd be going to like a, a party that Madonna was throwing and it's like, what were we going to wear? You know, it was super fun to go out and I'd have friends that worked at certain stores and everything that I, I would had relationships and they, they'd help me get my clothes together and everything. And
0: that's, I can imagine the pressure of going, putting something onto a Madonna party, <laughs> definitely. And everybody walking
1: in, it's like. Yeah. It's like, ooh, everyone gets checked out and everything. It was super fun. It was incredible. Yeah. And the people, once again, like the the people that she chose to do the costumes and the, I mean, they were just all the best. I remember the tour manager leaned into me when I first started working with her and, and he's like, kid, it doesn't get any bigger than this. And he, he was like Jimi Hendrix tour manager back in the day. Kid, this is the biggest you'll ever see, you know? And here I was, like, my first tour, that's what I was exposed to.
0: And how would you describe her as a boss?
1: I mean, she was great. She was
0: intimidating or? Well, she
1: could be, but it's like, look, at now that I've been an artist and, you know, had, to, had a, a lot of responsibility myself, I understand where she was coming from. I mean, she was the boss and she had to make sure everything, it's her at the end of the day. Her name is on that show and she's the one that's going to have the press and everything, not us. If something's off, it's going to go down under her name. So it's like everything she has to be ultimately in charge of. That's not right. Whether it was a set design or a costume or the lighting or the sound, it's all, she just had her eye on everything. She was the really, there was always a director she worked with, but ultimately she would sit back in the audience and watch the show. And somebody would stand in and do her part. And she would watch it. And she had to be blown away. It was amazing, that process, you know, after, that was always the day that like, okay, Madonna's gonna watch it now. And she would comment. I mean, if you were like slouching on your stool for like a minute, she would notice it. She'd be like, you need to sit up on that part. You know, it's like, how could you see me? I was like one of 20 people on the stage, but she could, and that always blew me away. How could she see that? She was just laser focused.
0: And who had to stand in for her? I can't imagine the pressure.
1: (laughs) It it was the director's assistant, who was kind of like blonde and kind of fit into her costumes. It was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. We always joked around about it because she was was taller than her and everything, but but could pretty much, you know, when you're and Madonna would be like way back at like the sound booth. So she could really see the big picture of the whole thing, more like the audience would. Super fun. But you know what was incredible at the end of It Always? She would, we would all meet afterwards on the stage and she would just say, we have a great show. You guys, I'm, I was so moved by you and just so many compliments. And that was really incredible to hear.
0: Yeah. That's a good boss. (laughs) Do you know anything about the movie she's making?
1: I don't, I know that a fan had asked her, I heard for someone someone told me a fan had asked, are Nikki and Donna going to be in it? You know, and she, she had answered, of course they are, you know, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's going to be about her life, but I don't know. I mean, of course she should have one. And now is the best time to do it because she can be involved. I feel like so so much over the years controversial and everything, but the music alone is so strong. And it's like when you watch the Elton John documentary and Queen. I mean, you're so blown away by their music. It's iconic. It's one song after another. You're like, oh, my gosh. You're... It's like the soundtrack of your life is like being played and you're, you're feeling all these emotions because it's like two hours of all of this going on at once. And I feel like that's going to happen with hers. I'm super happy she's doing it. I'm just super happy that she's still a role model for so many people. Just happy for her, the life she's created and her. she just continues to be the great artist that she is and doesn't care what people think. And that's ultimately you have to live your life for yourself, not to please other people.
0: It's been so interesting to watch this again ahead of our conversation, because especially now when we've, there's so much talk and after the, you know, Me Too about these, the media bashing of women in the nineties, the Britney documentary talking about, you know, Janet Jackson and the whole breast thing and all this that happened to women in the nineties. Madonna's a little bit on the side of that. It was even though she was in the same era. She's not a victim.
1: She's never a victim. And um, she decided early on to not be you know, and whatever her persona, the whole thing that she took on with you know from the very beginning, I guess when that when her skirt came up, was it the m t v awards or something like that, and everybody you know <clears throat> reacted to that, I think she was doing like like a virgin, it wasn't planned, but I think she just realized early on like okay i'm gonna I'm gonna take charge of this I'm not gonna care what people say about me, and I'm gonna really just do what I want and she has and it's really it's worked for her and and more importantly it's it's worked for people that have that have been empowered by her and that's what we're all here to inspire each other and she's inspired all these other artists and the end of the day i think that's what it's really about and we will inspire other people and
0: yeah finally tell me about are you releasing a record doing music now
1: yeah well i have a new ep out that actually has the song that madonna gave me for my first album. Oh, wow. They came out in 1993 originally. It's called Just a Dream. That The song is called Just a Dream.
0: So she, so she wrote it.
1: She wrote it and she gave it to me because it wasn't on Like a Prayer. It was like a, she wrote a couple more songs for Like a Prayer that didn't end up on the album. And she was like, Donna, this is perfect for you. Please, you know, record this. And I did. And she actually, I got to keep like all her vocals, her background vocals. And I was going to replace them, but I thought, oh, I'll just keep them because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And she... She was like, Yeah, I want to be on the record and everything. So that was my first album. I just re-recorded it and it's on a new EP called We Shine.
0: Wow. So it's all full circle.
1: Full circle. And then another song that was on my first album called Somewhere in My Heart that I wrote with Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, which is another full circle, because they wrote the song Like a Virgin. And they wrote True Colors and so many great epic songs. They're they are legendary songwriters that's on the album my first debut album was never put out digitally so i'm going to i'm just re recording those songs yeah so you know now that you guys can stream everyone can stream my music just <clears throat> just go to spotify apple music wherever you stream music and there's so much music i've also gone into doing music for yoga meditation um you know like conscious music a lot of people use my music for maybe spiritual practice or for <clears throat> dance, trance dance, conscious dance. Yeah, I have a lot, like a very big body of music. There's a lot there to discover. And I've also sung on a lot of people's albums and I've been featured and, and Nikki Harris says as well. Uh, and I've done, I've got my project with Nikki Harris. I love collaborating and it's super fun to talk to you and about that time. And um, in every interview, something always, Depending on who I'm speaking with and who's asking the questions, there's always like something different that comes up, and and it's really sweet. In, in I'll take notes on the when I write a book, you know. Yes. On the different right I can't wait different, to read it. the different angles that you can write from. You, you can write just from like a young woman's journey, or an artist's journey, or you know, going through that time in history. It was a really powerful time.
0: It was. And Donna, thank you so much for your time with me here, too.
1: And I want to just say, like, if you guys, you know, see the movie, you've never seen it or you're going to see it again uh, for the first time, you're going to see it again. Check out like all most of those performers. They have they are doing incredible work. Carlton Wilborn, Kevin Stea, um, Slam, Salim. I mean, there there's so many great artists that were around Madonna at that time. And you can follow them as well. Nikki Harris. Um, and we're all like one we you know, we're still all one family. We all keep up with each other and support one another. So so check it all out. And thanks for listening and thanks for asking me to do this. my praise the sand that he